Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to amplify the voices of these amazing women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. Today's guest is Carol Ross Burnett. I know a lot of my audience members know and love her. Welcome, Carol. Thank you so much, Susan. I am absolutely delighted to be here with you this morning. I have to say, when I first got to know you, um, I, I didn't realize how many people already knew you and loved you. When I announced that you're going to be working with me on certain projects, I had so many people write me private messages and emails about, you're going to love her. She's amazing. <laughs> Not only does she do great work, but she's fun to work with. So I can't wait to get on that uh, path down the road of creating equity in the workplace and equality in the world with you. That's one of the things that attracted me to you, Susan, is that I saw so many of my colleagues who were already involved, and that was enough for me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, tell everyone, the few people who don't know you, tell them about yourself. <laughs> Well, I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. I work primarily in the legal profession with organizations who want to become more inclusive, dig deeper, drill down, really change the systems, policies, and practices that impact diversity, equity, and inclusion in their workplace. And that's where it's at. I think too many uh, companies simply put a statement on the website, cut a check and think they're done. But it's really where you just mentioned the, the practices, policies, pipeline, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road. And I love that you take it very seriously and you get down to brass tacks. That's amazing. Um, let me ask you a little bit about, you know, your background. Tell us, you know, what have you done for the past, however, 32 years on this planet? <laughs> Well, actually, my lived experience really informed where I am today. I, with, at the risk of divulging my age, I grew up in the Jim Crow segregated South, and I moved from there as a young girl to Berkeley, California. Now, if you know anything about Berkeley, you know that that would be an opposite extreme. <laughs> So, so wait, I, Carol, before you go on, let me just say, go Bears. My kid is a sophomore at Berkeley. Oh, I, awesome. I was born in New Orleans and raised in Baton Rouge, and now I live in San Francisco Bay Area. So go I hear Bears. you. Right. Yes, I did wind up getting my undergraduate degree there, but I also went nice. to high school there. Wow. And so that, yeah, so I went from this completely segregated environment to this completely integrated environment. The school district was experimenting at the time. And all of the students in my class were from all over the city. It was just one class for all of the students. That really set me on my path because I'd never had the experience of being around, being in class with, making friends with white children. And so to me, it was no big deal. I tested right. it at the top of the class. I was like, what's the fuss all about? So I started digging in, really writing research papers while I was still in high school. So then when I moved into, yes, when I moved into undergraduate school, I, um, my background is in counseling. That's what my grad degree is in. I really wanted to work helping people. Diversity as we know it today was nowhere on the horizon. But I've always been in the helping profession. I was working with the 
student organizations of color at a university. I worked in higher education. I was working with those who didn't have a voice that those seemed to be underrepresented. And that's really been my MO throughout my entire career. I was doing some work at a university, uh, Cal State Long Beach, as a matter of fact, with a federal program for disadvantaged students. I had taken a, a detour to work in entertainment when I moved from the Bay Area to Los Angeles. Decided, eh, not for me. Went back to higher education. But as a result of that pit stop in enter entertainment, I got a call from somebody who was interested in having me work at Loyola Law School in career planning. I'd never worked in the legal profession, right? I'm like, what? I don't know anything. Lawyers? What's that about? I don't want to do that. They said, no, we want somebody with your background in counseling because we want to move from the concept of placement to the concept of career planning. And that's what got me started in the legal profession. Nice, nice. I have so many things going on in my head. We have so much to talk about offline, like things that are okay. happening in my world. I need you. I need the work that you do, your experience, your background. Um, so remind me, we'll talk about that after the show. I Let will me do. ask you, you've had a great career. Um, you've done a lot of wonderful things. In fact, I, I love that you are representative of or you personify that whole transition from um, placement to career, right? So I think a lot of HR used to be, you know, do the paperwork, but now it's actually really having a seat at the table and changing lives and putting the human back in human resources, right? So I, I love yeah. I love that they, they hired you for that. That was amazing. What was your professional accomplishment that makes you most proud? Well, after working at the law school and discovering that the office that I was leading had branded itself in a way that excluded students of color, that, that discouraged them from coming in, and I set out on that journey to find out why, and I did find out why, and I did address it and overcome it. Wow. And yes, and then moved into diversity and inclusion consulting on my own for about six years after a long time at the law school. And Let then from, you, did they have a love-hate relationship with you? <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the, when I moved into a law firm, it was more a culture shock for me, I think, than anything else. Yes. I, I didn't know what it meant to work like a lawyer. I, I worked at a law school. We had a different kind of schedule and a different kind of perspective on how we worked. And when I moved to a law firm, I was just, it was incredible to me that people would work like that. I thought, this can't be right. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> where is the room for client engagement when you're head down billing, right? So absolutely, it does so create I, a unique culture. It does. And once I got acclimated, it took a while. There was an expectation that I would work like the lawyers work, even though I wasn't billing hours. Uh, it took a while, but I think my greatest accomplishment, when I got to the law firm, we really were, although there was a diversity inclusion committee, there really was nothing more than that. Just right. the committee itself that had probably made some attempts and really had floundered in how they move forward. And that's when they Very created- Very common. Very common. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when they created the position. That's when law firms were first creating- diversity profession, D&I professional positions that were actually part of the law firm's organization staff. I you know, held that, yeah. 
I want to say, historically, I look at law firms and companies and see where they place DEI on their website. If it's a page, like right before the contact us page, maybe the second to last landing page, it's not, it to me is a sign they don't take it seriously. If it's woven into every word and, and every leadership and, uh, trait and skill and, and everything they talk about on their website in their mission, vision, strategy, then I believe they take it seriously. It can't just be a side dish. It can't just, oh, and don't forget DEI, you know, it has to be. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was exactly my goal. I told myself when I started that job that my ultimate goal would be to work myself out of a job, that they wouldn't need a, a person that was the embodiment of DNI. I never wanted to be the personality that was regarded as DNI so that when I left, DNI left with me. That just was not ever my goal. So That's I think. So beautiful. Yes. So I think my proudest accomplishment was going there, working with the law firm, which was really starting its serious efforts from scratch. And over the years, over, over a decade, really, watching them grow to be a thought leader, uh, an organization that was well-regarded, that's ranked highly in, by both clients and the profession as a DEI thought leader. So that's probably my proudest accomplishment. Very nice. Well, I know you're not done yet, so not, I'll, not yet. My, yeah, I'll keep my eyes open. Um, who maybe was an inspiration to you, or did you have the fortune to have a mentor or sponsor? I actually did. I had two of them, and I think it's very telling that they were very different. One was a white male partner who was in charge of recruiting at the time he was the recruiting partner. And they had established when they brought diversity, equity, and inclusion into the mix in my role, that it would fall into talent management, which I thought was an appropriate place for it because it wasn't just, we also had an HR department that was separate from talent management. So talent management was really all about hiring, recruiting, professional development, performance evaluation, promotion, all of those things that are so essential to making sure that your organization is inclusive. And he was both my mentor because he knew a lot about what went on there at the firm. He had been in, he was regarded as a power player. He had been on the executive committee. He was well regarded. So he was not only my mentor, he was my champion. He intervened, he brought the case for me and what I wanted to do into the room when I wasn't present. So he also served as my champion. Wow. And we had a wonderful relationship and still do. The what other great dynamic. Yes, the other was the chair, the black woman attorney who was the chair of the Diversity Inclusion Committee. Her leadership, she had been at the firm for quite a while. She had been in that role for some time and she knew what worked and what didn't work. And she was very open to what I brought to the table. The three of us worked together really closely in what I call the three C's of commitment, courage, and collaboration. Nice. And we did all of those things fantastically. Our thought was this is not something that we are just to do. We were fortunate that we had a chair of the law firm who was committed. The top-down messaging was what we needed it to be. 
the engagement with him and with executive leadership and others in leadership roles and partners was what we needed it to be. That isn't to say that there wasn't resistance or that it was easy. It wasn't and there's still work to do. But it was really a, a team effort in which we tried to engage people all across the firm at every level because it can't work otherwise unless you have that. Agreed, agreed. Um, everyone speaks a different language, right? But the message is so important, it should be told in many languages. So um, I'm all about the three C's. I love that. I jotted that down. I'm going to snag that if you don't mind. <laughs> Absolutely. Spread the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's pivot a little bit to women in the workplace. Um, yeah. My career started with, you know, in my background and such about lifting women and understanding gendered communications and understanding gender bias and how to combat it. What can we do to lift each other up? How can women help other women? I'm trying to um, create great change, right? Yes. I, you know, I've been fortunate in that regard because most of my bosses over the course of my career have been women. So I've seen the strong leadership and the the kitty and the capacity to lead and that has been role model for me time and time again so i i had a lot of confidence about my own ability to lead i think what i found in working with the law the, the law firm was when you are talking about women in business and women working together that we really have to lift each other up by keeping each other top of mind by yeah. referring business to one another especially women who are partners in law firms. Business referral is one of the key ways that people get business. And there's a network that we all know and refer to that has excluded women for a long, long time. So I think it behooves women to really create their own networks and to reach out and to connect and to engage with one another and to refer actual opportunities for business to one another as a top of mind effort. I love that. I always say that reserve competition for the sports field, um, but in business, engage in collaboration, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the sign of a secure woman, right? So I yeah. love that. You know, what you put out there will come back to you. I agree. I agree. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and ask. I'm going to ask you if you're if you're willing to share. What sure. was the biggest challenge or setback, and how did you overcome it? certain that I had what I would call setbacks. I mean, there were small ones along the way, which we had to retool and rethink and perhaps even delete, hit the delete key and start over again. But um, I failed but, to do that a couple times. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm learning that it's so important to fail forward to, you know, take the Oh, I love the that phrase. I'm jotting that down too. <laughs> To, you know, to look at failure as an opportunity to learn. Um, but what was the biggest challenge for me was, you know, after being at the law firm for a decade and feeling that it was time for a transition, there were so many things that were in play, so that were in place and in play that I have wanted to see happen. And I felt like the opportunity for growth for me was beyond what I had been doing for the past 10 years. And so it was necessary for me to take a step back and say, what is it that I really want to do now? And for me, that was to begin to turn my efforts and my energies 
more toward what impact the law firm could have externally in partnering, partnering with our clients with corporate America. What was corporate America doing and how could we work together to further diversity, equity, and inclusion in the profession? Yeah. So what I did is I took a bold step and I, I wrote a proposal. I created a new position that I thought would help uh, our partners in the law firm uh, do more work with their, their, with their partners and engage in a different way with folks in the legal profession. And I, that. engage in a different way. Yes. And I, I wrote a proposal for a new position and presented it to the leadership of the organization and got it approved. And lo and behold, there I was moving into a new position, uh, which was of my own design. And wow. I was thrilled to be able to begin to take those steps toward that kind of new approach and position in the work that I wanted to do. You literally are creating your own reality. That is amazing. It's not just yeah. thoughts and beliefs and um, you know, I believe the energy you put out there, if it's good, good things will come back to you. And, you know, if it's, it's not so good, you learn lessons from it, right? You never lose, you win or learn, never lose. Yes. So I love that you created your own reality and it's so powerful, right? You're, yes. You're, everything that women, you know, so I look at you and say, I want to be Carol. <laughs> <laughs> it's so very funny that you would say that because it echoes the words of the Dean of the Law School so many years ago when I was leaving the law school and figuring out, a, you know, another, you know, path that I was going to take. Uh, and, and lo and behold, the Dean of the Law School said to me when I was leaving the law school to move into the law firm world, I, I wish I was you. And I said to myself, what? I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's a new hashtag. Be like Carol. <laughs> hashtag be Carol Ross Burnett. <laughs> well, it really, what it did for me was say, you really are making some, you know, the wisest choices for you. Nice. Uh, choices that are, are engaging you and really fulfilling the things that you have set before you in your journey. It's always nice to um, have that unsolicited support, that surprise yeah. and delight, right? Um, Absolutely. Well, speaking of surprises, tell us something surprising about you that maybe folks who do know you don't even know. Oh, well, I do think that everybody that knows me in my personal life know that I'm a singer songwriter. I, wow. don't think, I don't think people in the legal profession, many of them know that. Amazing. Is there anything <laughs> you cannot do? <laughs> How did Plenty. that come about? Actually, from a little girl, when my mother plopped me in the middle of the adult choir in church, and uh, all we were a little church, with a little group of people. So we didn't, we couldn't have a children's choir and an adult choir. So we all sang together. That's when I was six years old. And that's when it all started. And along the way I developed and grew and sang professionally in clubs when wow. I was in high school and in college and still do that. Not that, but still sing and write songs today. 
You know, when we started, before we hit record on this, I said, your voice is so smooth, it's like butter. And now, (laughs) you knew that already. Um, That's so funny. That is awesome. What a great talent. What a gifted woman you are. And I'm so honored to have you on the show. So this part of the show, I have something new I've been doing for the past six months or so. Now, the option is yours to decline. But I have what's called the wild card question. And I have a box of 144 meaningful questions and I randomly pull from that box. Are you game? Oh my goodness, I'm game. Let's go for it. (laughs) Love it. See, that's (laughs) one of the three C's, courage, right there. Yes. All right. So I need drum roll music, huh? All right, here's a great question. Now this is a very deep question. Um, Something you were once afraid of, but no longer fear. Ooh. Something I was once afraid of, but no longer fear. Hmm. Let me think, because I've been working on being fearless, so I like to say that I don't fear anything. I, I know that. that. I know there are things that um, cause me pause, if I can put it that way. Sure. To stop for a moment and say, hmm. Uh, that, but but I have, you know, there are a lot of Proverbs that I go to, and one of them, I'm not sure if it's in the Psalms or the Proverbs, but it's that I've not been given a spirit of fear. But, oh, you're but so I, blessed. Yes, That's but so I have, awesome. But I have love, power, and a sound mind. So that is the way that I approach fear, that it's not something that can overcome me or overtake me but that I have the, the ability and the capability of overcoming that fear and moving forward in whatever it is that's presented to me. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Um, I like to say interrupt anxiety with gratitude. Um, so I, I, send me that proverb. I'm not as well-versed as I should be. I feel <laughs> And I'm not recalling if it's in Proverbs or Psalms at the moment, but it is, it is one that I go to all the time and I will send it That to was you. such a beautiful, heartfelt, meaningful answer. You are such a beautiful, meaningful person. I'm so glad to have you in my network, but also to be able to call you a friend. Um, look, there are people listening who are going to want to hire you, know you, just check you out. How can they reach you if they want to do any of the above? Well, they can reach me on LinkedIn. Everything you want to know about me professionally in a nutshell is there. <laughs> Carol, Ross, Carol Ross Burnett on LinkedIn. Or they can reach out to me directly at my email address, which is crburnett, that's B-U-R-N-E-T-T, 2020, the number 2020, at gmail.com. crburnett2020 at gmail.com. And folks, I'll put all this in the blog that I'll write about Carol. You'll see, um, I always put contact info and how to connect on LinkedIn. So thank you so much. You're such a special person. I feel so blessed and honored to have had you on the show today. Thank you so much, Susan. I have enjoyed it. You know, we all love talking about ourselves. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. (laughs) I love listening and learning and connecting in a meaningful way. So it's, it's, oh, I'm so grateful. Well, everybody, thank you too for tuning in and thank you for being excited about, you know, who she having on next. 
So stay tuned. You can hear more from us on 10 different, actually, we've now been picked up by iHeartRadio. So 11 different channels on the web. You can always go to our website, freemanmeansbusiness.com, click on Blogcast, and see the blog that I write about my guests. Thank you for listening in. Everybody have a great day.